0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Jones! Barron! He's got
1: it! England have won the World Cup by the barest of
2: margins! Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket and glory be, England have won the first test in Chennai and my teeth... And my field shield are intact, Simon.
1: It's fantastic, Oz. I feel so happy for you. You predicted that India wouldn't even get 250. And the scorn on Twitter, the scorn on social media that you endured as a result of that. And yet, you're absolutely right. India not even making 200. Here's a few. Manoj Kapu adding Simon Hughes to the list of great Aussies predicting India won't be able to chase 250 plus in Gabba. Be ready to eat your own words. Here's another, Mark Crotty. These analysts, they make me laugh. Chris, to all my Indian Twitter artists, please take a screenshot of this tweet and have it saved. You are seriously overestimating England bowling and underestimating Indian batting from random ramblings. That just about sums it up, actually, doesn't it? Random ramblings. And then here's another one, just a final one. There are loads of them, though. No doubt you'll get lots of Indian supporters tweeting their apologies and saying you were right. That's Robert Blackwell. Has that happened yet, yours or not? Or ever... I
2: haven't seen too many of them. They're lying low. Maybe there'll be some later. And actually, it would be interesting to get an Indian perspective on, it, on all this. So uh, in in a bit on this show, we're going to have Anand Vasu, who's a, a very eminent Indian journalist, speaking to us. We'll also hear from Joe Root as well, the uh, triumphant captain and hero of England's tremendous performance and and actually okay so you know it might have been a bit of a risk me saying that India wouldn't get 250 but I I, it was a balanced uh, concept because I I just felt the pitch was doing enough if you look at the progression of the innings in the match England 578 India 337 but then in the second innings England really did struggle and they, they crawled their way to 178 in the end but It was largely due to an excellent innings by uh, Joe Root of 40. And I felt England's bowling had been improving. And I did also say that I think the seamers will be the danger people. And actually, although obviously Jack Leach did brilliantly to get four for 76, uh, at the same time, the key wickets were really taken apart from Rohit Sharma, bowled by an absolute peach by... Jack Leach, on the fourth evening, the key wickets were really taken, I'd say, mainly by the seamers. Obviously, Anderson with that inspired spell getting out Shubman Gill, Ajinka Rahani and Rishabh Pant and Stokes getting the the key wicket of Kohli. So... I just felt there was enough in that pitch and that the reverse swing would cause real problems for the Indian batsman on that on that fifth-day surface. Uh, so, although it was a bit of a risk saying India wouldn't get 250, I felt quite safe, and luckily, Jimmy Anderson saved my teeth. <laughs> yeah, but the, the thing is, Yoz, you you give that opinion based on what you see out on the cricket
1: field and your knowledge of the game i think the problem is i think a lot of people they they look at something like that and they think it's sort of provocative i mean to some extent it is a little bit provocative but actually it's it's your analysis of the game i think people sometimes mistake some of the, the things that we say um as sort of partisan views and they they're not meant like that they are meant as a sort of cool uh, clear cold i.e. analysis, really, of what how we see the game of cricket. And I think that, that's, that's the point to make, isn't it? And the point is, you get to the last day in Chennai, India one down, chasing 420. Strong odds that England will go on to win the game. We said this podcast yesterday. You know, there's a reasonable expectation on the final day that there'll be 12 or 16 wicket-taking balls out there. And actually, India didn't even get through... Half the day, there were there were enough in the first half of the day uh, for that to happen. I mean, for example, the ball that Stokes bowled Coley with, I mean, play that. I mean, Coley was going really well. To be mm. fair to him, he batted brilliantly today. Really, you know, determined, skillful using that strong technique of his, and yet he was undone by a ball from Stokes that really scuttled on the ground from uh, just short of a length. So we always felt there were balls like that out there. I suppose the one worry I think I had from an England perspective last night was did they give themselves enough time and also how would the spinners bowl? And actually Don Best didn't bowl particularly well today. There were lots of full tosses, but Jack Leach... Came, has come back brilliantly uh, after that mauling from Rishabh Pant, but there, there was—you are right. There was definitely enough there for the seamers, and the seamers were really to the fore today, taking half the wickets to fall.
2: Yeah, uh, and and actually, you know, there was a lot of uh, conjecture about uh, the the decision route to, to carry on batting into the the last session of play on the fourth day. Uh, there was clearly a calculation that that they wanted two bites of the cherry with the hard new ball, one overnight and then one in the morning when the ball was still relatively hard. And if you look at the the way that the pitch behaved, it's it's around about the, the sort of 25 to 30 over mark where the ball is at its most difficult to play, I think. Uh, obviously, the new ball is is it doesn't really swing. It's only when it gets scuffed up and it's still hard that it makes it difficult. And that's really when Anderson took his wickets. So he, he got Shubman Gill out in the 27th over and a and then Rishabh Pant in the 33rd. So, you know, it's round that sort of period and that's how why England worked on it. And, you know, listening to Joe Root talking about the plans, he said, you know, the amount of time he had spent in the middle during this game, which was about half the match, he had understood that, the, you know, the easiest time to bat was when the ball was sort of 50 overs old as as it often usually is but that's that period between sort of 25 and 40 overs is that is the most difficult time and if you look actually going back to the start of the game when England you know, made a, a reasonable start with the opening pair and then lost their way with the wicket of Dan Lawrence in the 26th over so burns out in the 24th over, Lawrence out in the 26th over. And I think the key period of play when England was 63 for two was that resistance from Root and Sibley. They batted for... 200 runs but they batted for 50 odd overs and it was that period between 26 and say 45 overs when they had to be quite cautious when Ashwin was bowling really well from one end and the seamers operating remember Ishan Sharma and Jaspit Bumrah were really nagging away at the other end but they didn't let them get through and England got to 263 for 2 before Sibley was out and in a way that was the, the foundation of the innings and it got through that awkward period 30 40 overs which India have never been able to overcome themselves certainly in the second innings anyway
1: i think we should put this england victory in some sort of context uh, india do not get beaten very often at home. Okay, England won a good toss. Joe Root accepted that after the match. But India have beaten England before heavily after losing the toss. It happened on on the last tour. India have lost one series at home since 2004 and by no means have they lost this series. You would expect them to to come back strongly. But this is a considerable achievement from England. I was sort of thinking about past performances from England. Okay, they had that dramatic victory against Australia at in 2019. That was probably you know the most thrilling uh, victory they've had this century, but in terms of all-round performance, in terms of sort of just taking hold of a match from the start and just controlling it throughout, and and barely being knocked off course, apart from that slightly bizarre session last night, you know, it, England have been magnificent in this test match that they really have and you you think about away victories I I go back to 2012 when they won in Mumbai and Calcutta those were outstanding away victories Melbourne in in 2010 further back just off the top of my head Jamaica when they beat the West Indies in 1990 no one gave them a chance of going to the West Indies and doing anything and they won the first test match there by nine wickets this win I think is is right up there I mean India have just come back from Australia where they've toppled the Australians uh, they've got uh, this huge array of, of, of top class players. They're playing at home, Chennai conditions. England's spin bowling attack is not not necessarily the strongest that they've they've ever had. So you look at that, and it, it, you know it's got to be right up there. And and basically, you know, it, it rooted in the captain really, isn't it? That, that he he is the man that's that's helped England do what they've achieved over the last five days. That that innings, you know, rightly man of the match. But, but it also was an, an all-round performance. Everything, for example, today, all the bowlers chipping in and useful runs, very useful runs, vital runs from, from Sibley and Stokes and even lower down the order, those, you know, those 30s from Pope and, and Butler and Bess in the first innings. But it, it is that thing about India, isn't it? If you win the toss, take advantage of that first innings. And, it, and England did that. They, they were so single-minded. So single-minded in, in those, those first two days. I say two days, they battered into the third day because they realised the value of those first innings runs.
2: Mm. The other thing I'd say is that it, it proves the value of, in inverted commas, preparation. And I see those two Sri Lanka test matches yeah. as a bit like, matches against Indian state teams in the distant past when England would tour India or any other country actually sort of 20 years ago and the win in the Ashes in 2010-11 is another case in point they would play several matches against state teams or you know in Australia Western Australia or New South Wales or whatever they'd play those four day games first before getting into the test series and that enabled them to win that Series in 2010-11 under Andrew Strauss in Australia. And this time they've had two Test matches in Sri Lanka, which are effectively like warm-up games. I mean, I don't want to sound disrespectful to Sri Lanka, but they're not a particularly good Test side. But they did provide useful opposition on typical subcontinental conditions or pitches. And that just was perfect preparation for England, who were able to get into the groove of how to bat and bowl in these conditions. You know, someone like Dominic Sibley undoubtedly benefited. If he'd come into this Chennai Test match, having not played those two Test matches in Sri Lanka, he would not have made runs. He would have struggled. But he was key to anchoring that England innings. Obviously, Joe Root played superbly in Sri Lanka and just brought that form into this Test match. Stokes is the one guy who, of course, wasn't in Sri Lanka, but he's you know now mature enough to know how to play his game. He's such a, a, a superbly elite player anyway that perhaps he doesn't need that preparation. But for some younger players, and the, the spinners too, you, you could see Jack Leach really improving during this test and, and having had the benefit of bowling in those two tests in Sri Lanka as well. I mean, Bess is a bit more inexperienced and a bit more erratic But undoubtedly, all these players would have benefited from those two test matches in Sri Lanka. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think it's fantastic preparation. They did come from Sri Lanka and they had to isolate in India for six days and they were able to go to the gym for an hour each day and the rest of the time they had to spend in their room. So that's not ideal preparation, but there was enough decent preparation, really good preparation in the bank to help them in this test match. What do they do now then? Uh, Yoz, for, the, for the next game. I mean, Butler's supposed to be going home. Uh, Jimmy Anderson, who bowled brilliantly today, that's superb over, picked up three wickets. You'd, you'd expect him to be rested. Stuart Broad uh, come in for the next game. What do they do about Best? Do they play Moen Ali? Uh, what do they do about Dan Lawrence at three? I mean, they're sort of nice problems to have, but they are issues that England are going to have to deal with one way or another for the next test match. Ben Folkes is going to come in and keep wicket. Butler's going home for the last uh, three games. It's not ideal in a way. You, you want to sort of keep the momentum going, really. You'd, you'd love Butler to to stay. Now, do they do they go ahead with that? Do they bring in Broad for Anderson? Do they bring in Moen for Bess? What do they do? Do you
2: think? Well, actually, interestingly, I had quite a long conversation with the chairman of selectors, Ed Smith, the other day, and um, it was a private conversation, uh, but he did imply that rotation is going to be a massive part of the next few months because we don't realise, and you alluded to it there, we don't realise how difficult these circumstances are for the players. I mean, he basically said, we're in what's effectively a luxury prison. You know, it's a beautiful hotel they're staying in, but they can only go to the gym and the pool for one slot a day and the rest of the time they're confined to their rooms and they really can't do anything else. I know it's lovely to have a pool, and it's lovely to have a gym, which is better than all we've got mm. in the UK uh, at the moment. And they've got so, some sunshine. And they got, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the weather is absolutely stunning. But but it isn't easy to, you can't really escape from the game at all. It's there all the time, and you, you're just confined to your four walls of your room for most of the day outside the the, the day, you know time of the match. So... And it's undoubtedly, Ed was saying, putting stress on players. You know, they really are feeling cooped up and uh, they just need to break out from it. And uh, so they are going to try to rotate players uh, probably a bit more than you might otherwise expect. It's a difficult one, really. Lawrence has struggled, but he played well in that first test in Sri Lanka. I, um, so and obviously Zach Crawley's not going to be fit, so I, I suppose they, they probably might stay with the same side. As far as Anderson and Broad concerned, I think actually that, that the rotation that, that has sort of happened almost accidentally over the last few months has worked really well, because they're total competitors, of course, which is why they've been so successful, but that little bit of rivalry actually isn't a bad thing. So... Braw is now thinking, well, I want to get into this action. I want to prove what I can do on these pitches. He's absolutely gagging to, to get to get going. Anderson, who will be tired, you know, despite his superlative fitness, and he seems to be getting, you know, better and better. And I, I noticed he bowled one ball in this test, 142 kilometres an hour, which is high 80s mile an hour, you know. So he's he's, he's bowling like his, his, his years of when he was tw- in his tw- early 20s. It's incredible. But I'm sure there there will be some fatigue in the legs. It's a demanding four-test series. There's the pink ball test to come in Ahmedabad in mm. 10 days to two weeks' time. So I, I think it would make a lot of sense. Broad will be absolutely raring to go, get him involved, and, and then have Anderson and Broad, maybe, for the third test. Yeah, well, that's a possibility, isn't it, thinking about it. I mean, obviously, they
1: have to look at the pitch in Ahmedabad and, and see what it looks like. Uh, Anderson bowled 29 overs in the match, which is a relatively light uh, workload, isn't it, it, for a test match, and only 11 overs today on the last day. You think about back-to-back games, and you think, well, how much bowling have you done on the last day of a game? And then if you have to bowl on the first day, well, not not much today. I mean, it only took England 45 overs uh, today to win the game. So that, that's sort of another sort of benefit from, for them in terms of the the pace bowlers. Presumably Archer, Archer stays in, I mean, and do have some... So backup uh, pace. Ollie Stone is in the squad. Archer f- starting it and finishing it. First two wickets and the last wicket. Uh, he-, he caused some problems for Ravi Chandran Ashwin. He-, he hit him on the helmet. He hit him on the glove. Hit him on the wrist. So th- it's it's nice for Root to have that card isn't it to play uh, when he wants to and he, he ruffled the openers in the first innings what about the best situation then does Don does Best stay in, do they they keep Moen out of the no, it's side? It's difficult isn't it it's
2: difficult, it, it's, a, it's a tough one uh, Moen being left handed batsman won't find it easy so I, I can think you can almost discount his batting in a way uh, so you've got to think about the bowling is he going to be more effective than Bess, and what does that say about England's investment in Bess? I think Bess is such a great character, and I, I mean he talked so, uh, you know, enthusiastically about his performance mm. in the first innings, which you know came okay, was a bit lucky, but he got four wickets. Uh, I, I think it would look it would look a bit weird to, to drop him, to be honest. He's a work in progress. He's going to have days where he doesn't bowl very well. But I think he's, he's a chirpy character. I think they obviously like having him around. He can bat. He can make useful runs. Uh, I think they'll probably stick with him.
1: Well, his figures in the match, he took one for 50 in the second innings and four for 76 in the first innings. And he made 34 and 25. So, you know, if you, on the bald face of it, really useful uh, contributions, more than useful contributions. He's picked up, you know, a quarter of the wickets. Um, it, 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 well, it's something that, they're going to have to deal with as, as they go forward. I mean, but, you know, I, I, so, I would
2: just say one thing, really. I, 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 this is something that obviously is not possible to solve now. He's got a real problem with his action. If you look at the way he bowls, as he lets go of the ball, his head ducks down to the left and his eyes are almost vertical, pointing upwards instead of being level. It's no wonder he's inaccurate. Uh, he, he needs some proper remedial work on his bowling action, which, interestingly... Um, Ravi Ashwin did on his own action in 2016 and you can see how he used to fall away a little bit and he's corrected that and that's a seasoned test player still going through the, the motions of uh, you know changing or you know, adjusting his technique Joe Root has done the same with his batting method so uh, you know there is you you have to keep evolving as a player I'm not suggesting Don Best should start changing his action now during this test series. But when this is over, I think he needs to do some real work on getting his action absolutely right. And then he will be, I think, a very good bowler. Yeah, there were lots of full
1: tosses uh, Dom Best uh, delivering today, but it was masked by the excellent efforts of all the other bowlers, with Anderson with three, uh, Leach with four, Archer with a wicket, Stokes with a wicket and Bess, with actually a very good wicket. He did get rid of uh, Washington Sundar with a a good delivery. When, When he gets it right, clearly there is a threat. Right, let's get some reaction now. Here's England's victorious captain, Joe Root. The toss was always
3: going to be important, but from that point on, it was really It was really crucial that we exploited that and we made the most of the opportunity to bat first on that wicket. Speak about batting long and making scores first innings in these conditions. We did that brilliantly well. And then from that point on, I thought thought we played played all the cricket and we were in control of the game the whole way through. And the guys were exceptional Uh, today in particular. To bowl them out in that manner was was fabulous. So a really pleasing performance and um, fills us with confidence going into the rest of the series. As probably the batter that spent most time out there on that wicket, I felt like I had the best gauge of it, and I knew that um, we, with the outfield as quick as it was, with the ground being as small as it was, didn't want to give India any chance of winning the game. Um, wanted to make sure that, more than anything, that there was only two possible results. Um, right at the start of the series, having played all the cricket, it would have really been damaging if if we'd have not uh, if we'd have lost this game. So I knew that. The way that it deteriorated throughout the last three days, in particular, that coming into today, it was going to, was going to happen even quicker again. And all we, all we needed to do was, um, was be relentless with the areas we were bowling. You know, if we put the ball in good areas for long periods of time, the wicket would do the rest for us. And it was just about holding on. The bowlers dealt with that pressure exceptionally well. And, um, you know, really pleased with with how it turned out. We still, you know, half a day left here. Certainly, very uh, a very good victory, but in the scheme of the uh, series, is it's just a start. We know that India are an extremely good team, especially in these conditions, um, and that they're, they're a very proud nation as well. They'll, they've got some some exceptional players, so they'll come back harder. Uh, but to be sat here one nil up is um, it's, a, it's a really good, um, very proud of of the way we've played this week. Um, And we've set a benchmark now. We've got something to work from and to compare ourselves to. to, um, And I still think there's areas we we can we can improve on, which again excites me. We've played as well as we have done, and we can still get better. So um, yeah, it's certainly extremely pleasing to say right now. Well, I think it's certainly served as well coming out here, having faced the volume of spin that we have, having the confidence of winning, um, and and. And playing on a similar kind of wicket, it wasn't the same by any stretch, but the tempo of the cricket that you play in the subcontinent, I think um, yeah, served us really well coming into this game. Um, so uh, I think the, the pleasing thing for me was we, we set out to score big first innings runs, so we delivered it. We said we needed to be smart about how we we're going to construct 20 wickets and we delivered it. And the challenge will be, again, when we turn up, the next game, can we can we replicate that? Can we go one better? Can we keep looking to improve as a team? And can we take it on individually to uh, you know, be that person that, that makes a difference?
4: That's Joe Root. Let's
1: hear from India's Virat Kohli.
4: The test probably shifted in their favour when we batted in the first innings um, because we were looking to bat long and we were not able to do that and I don't think there was enough application shown by us as a batting unit. Uh, something that we take a lot of pride in um, and yeah we uh, look these milestones and, and all these kind of things is, is not something that we think about we think partnerships and we think uh, putting the team into good, good positions so whether someone has scored a century or not in the last 5 games is not something that matters to us we want to be able to have long partnerships and in, in that process if people get to a big milestone and carry on it's good, uh, even if someone had gotten 100 uh, in either innings, still we were pretty much uh, behind the game. So that's what we need to understand rather than thinking about milestones and, and you know what we haven't been able to achieve as batsmen in terms of scoring centuries and all that stuff. Uh, for us, it's about trying to win a game of cricket. And if um, we need to play solid cricket, we should be able to do, do that as batsmen as well. There's just not one way to, to play the game. And, and uh, as a batting unit, we understand that quite well and our endeavour in the Future games is going to be long partnerships and not necessarily focus on getting 100 as uh, individuals. We are not a side that goes into what ifs and what could have been or what should have been. If you are adding to what could have been, then if you are talking about someone like Jaddu playing this test as well, then you are talking about a totally different situation. So let's not go there. Let's Let's be aware of the fact that we have a very strong team. We have individuals who are in front of us who we believe that will do the job for the team. And um, in one game where the execution hasn't happened, um, does not mean that it won't happen again. Um, so we have to keep believing in our process. Um, we have had a lot of success as a team. And we have to believe that, you know, as a side, if we play good cricket, more good things are going to happen in future. And not think of what if this player was here or that player was here. All three of them are injured. so. You know, we have bench strength. You saw the, the the true example of that bench strength in Australia as well. And we totally believe in the players that we have in the team. And we are confident that we're going to bounce back strong. And uh, we're really looking forward to being on the field again.
1: Right, India then. What do they do? We've spoken about England and what their selection situation is for the next Test match. I mean, they've got lots of good players. You would back them to come back. The batting looks pretty solid despite what happened today. What do they do with their their bowling lineup? Shabaz Nadeem looks vulnerable to me.
2: You you play the wrist spinner, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Of course you would. I can't believe they didn't play Kuldeep Yadav and and did play Nazim. Nazim. I mean, he it is it, just he looks like a club bowler really. And I know he's got 450 odd domestic wickets in India, but this is a different. Layer and you know he just looked out of his depth, uh, so he he's not going to play again, is he? Uh, that's the last we've seen of him. Yeah, I, I mean India didn't do a, a massive amount wrong with the bat; they've just been outplayed, really. Pant is obviously brilliant. I think Shubman Gill showed some progression from his performances in in Australia. England took some stunning catches actually in that first innings, uh, whereas India missed a few. Uh, they're, they're, you know their fielding isn't the greatest is it it's still a little area of, of concern for them what what about um, sacking the captain virat kohli <laughs> i don't mean for his batting but rahani has got that unimpeachable record as captain and kohli has now lost another test match i, I don't know i mean P- put that uh, as a tweet uh, yours i, yeah, I here, yeah yeah i i won't put that one out <laughs> as a tweet actually my my phone's going to overheat if i if i put that out <laughs> I mean, they need a better spinner. Uh, and I think their seam has bowled superbly. It's going to be a similar sort of pitch. They've just got to play better, haven't they? And, and possibly win the toss. You mentioned Rahani there.
1: The thing is, with Rahani, he made that brilliant 100 in the Australian series and, and they won that test match in, in Melbourne. And of course, he was captain. They won the series. They came back to win the series. But his record, apart from that 100, is really poor of late. So uh, that's a potential problem for him in the the middle order. They're not going to jettison him for the second Test match. But he has not been in great form, apart from that Brisbane innings, a magnificent innings it was. And in in this Test match, he was out a full toss from Dominic Best, caught in the covers for one brilliant catch from Joe Root. You mentioned England's catching, and then undone by a superb reverse swinger, by James Anderson for naught. So uh, Rohan is one of those sort of question marks further down the line. But for, for India, it seems to me, there's bags of talent in this Indian side. It's play better, and if they can, it's, it's in the lap of the gods, isn't it? Win the, win the toss. That seems to make a, a big difference if you can actually then make the most of it as well, so what will be interesting, and I think there'll be a lot of focus on Saturday morning at three thirty in the morning. I say a lot of focus. there might not be as much focus in the u k as there is in, in say in India because people might still be asleep, but you know when that coin goes up, what side does it land on who 's called what um, i it, it does feel quite important can, can England win a test match in India batting second well, they did in what? Mumbai, and they did. They, I mean, they did in Well, they bowl. Yeah, yeah they I mean, did. They did in Calcutta as well.
2: Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, it all depends how well they bowl. If they bowl in India batting first, they bowl India out for 350, which is conceivably possible. Then why can't they win a, a Test match batting second? Just going back to Rohani briefly, of course he does have a much better record away from home than at home. Uh, just looking at his average here, he's averaging 45 away from home and only 37 at home. But he's got some time in the bank, hasn't he, Uh, because of his quality and his reputation and obviously winning that series in Australia. So there's no chance of of him dipping out any time soon. Let's get a a reaction from India. Um, We've contacted a, a very eminent journalist called Anand Vasu, and I talked to him earlier about what India felt about this result.
0: Well, uh, the first reactions are already in on Twitter, and as you expect, uh, those tend to be uh, a slightly more extreme and kind of immediate, knee-jerk kind of reaction. After the high of Australia, and especially that last test in Brisbane, uh, expectations were incredibly high. And I suspect not too many Indian fans had watched England and Sri Lanka very closely. So they were kind of expecting India to just rock up and blow England away. Um, the fact is that England have won, you know, of of, of India's four te- uh, test losses at home in the last ten years, three have been to England. So they they, they really should have been. I don't think the team would have be would be surprised by how England played, but I think um, fans have certainly been taken aback. And the question uh, of team selection: uh, Why did Kuldeep Yadav not play? Uh, from, are we? Uh, is India missing Jadeja? I think these are the kind of questions that are going to happen because it's a fairly quick turnaround to the next test match as well.
2: So, is there any chance of a replacement, either Deep playing? And what's the long-term future for Jadeja? Could he get brought back at some point?
0: Well, he's injured at the moment, so they're just waiting on his fitness. If he's fit, he would have certainly played. I mean, he's got 51, uh, 2.20 wickets from 51 test matches and at home has uh, bowled as well as Ashwin when the two have played together in, in terms of the numbers that he has. Uh, Kuldeep Yadav was someone they'll certainly look at. I think in this test match, the issue was uh, India believed that they needed to strengthen their batting, which is why Washington Sundar uh, slotted in. And uh, Shabaz Nadeem, takes the ball away from the right-hand bat, which is something that they wanted as well. Um, I, I think it'll be too early to tell uh, whether Kullip is certainly walking into the 11th for the second test. The curator before this game at uh, Chennai said that there were two different kind of pitches that he had prepared. One was a mostly red soil one, and the second was a mix of clay and red soil, presumably with the red soil one being used for the first test. Um, It's the mixed soil one that will be used in the next one. And uh, it's a new curator and a new pitch. So not uh, everyone, I I don't think everyone has a firm handle on exactly how it's going to play. Even in the first test match you saw on the the first day, it looked like it was never going to break up. And by day five, it was a different story altogether. So I think the question of composition will be put off uh, by India till they see what the pitch looks like on the 13th.
2: Poor man, that groundsman. I I, I wouldn't be uh, enjoying his uh, life at the moment. Would he be someone they might be uh, around his house uh, rattling the door saying, what are you doing, sir?
0: Well, not quite yet. I think this is this was actually the first time he's prepared a pitch for an international game. He's a fairly new groundsman. He's worked in uh, Tamil Nadu uh, in the districts and in the, in Madras as well, in Chennai as well a little bit. But he'd never produced a test match pitch before this one, never prepared one before this one. And uh, you got to say with the result coming in at the um, like deep into the fifth day, uh, you can't really complain too much about the pitch. The one thing that uh, India will say is that the toss played too much of a factor. This is something that Virat Kohli and Ravi Shastri have been talking about for the last couple of years. Uh, even if the pitches are going to be uh, turners, what the Indian team has been asking for is uh, a fair degree of consistent turn from early on in the match. Otherwise, it just becomes like you need the team winning the toss, bats deep in the first innings, and uh, that's the end of it.
2: It's a fine art, that, isn't it? Uh, You know, getting the the pitch exactly right. Um, What about Rahani, who has an ordinary record at home and obviously a much better record away, and yet, he captained superbly in Australia to help India win that series, with Co- with Kohli absent. I mean, is there a, a an issue between the, the two of them there? And what does the public think about that?
0: Well, there isn't an issue between the two of them. Uh, Rahane is quite happy uh, playing second fiddle and supporting Kohli when he's around. The thing is that Rahane has plenty of experience at captaincy at different levels and is, an, is a tactically excellent captain. He also seems to uh, be a little bit more of an instinctive captain than Kohli is. Kohli seems to have some effects and tries them out first and then if they, you know, if they don't work, then he moves to a plan B. Um, Rahani seems to be a more natural captain. I think the criticism of Rahani is more of his batting in that he uh, he tends to play one sublime innings like he did in the Australia series and then puts together a string of fairly ordinary scores in, in you know, the fifteen twenties. He's not the kind of batsman who, when he gets into form, really makes it count and scores uh, heavily in three or four innings on the trot, which is what you need from someone who's uh, in your uh, top order and someone who's the vice captain of the team. You expect him to um, impose himself more on the game as a batsman. Obviously, uh, today was a bit... Unlucky, given how Jimmy Anderson was bowling at that time, uh, he, he would. Have, Rahane would think that he could have done better than he did, but I suspect uh, he wouldn't have been able to keep Anderson out for very long. The mood Anderson was in was in today. How is the?
2: series gone down so far i mean india country that is you know pretty much in love with the ipl and the ipl itself was a tremendous success in the uh, october september sort of time but what about test cricket is there still a an appetite for watching it do people care
0: absolutely i think the manner in which test cricket is consumed is slightly different uh, you may not have the kind of big crowds at the grounds yet in australia or england but literally, those are the last two countries in which you get big crowds for test matches. Chennai has been a venue that has traditionally uh, supported test cricket very strongly. Uh, you're going to have a 50% crowd in for the second test, which is 25,000 people. That's uh, you know That fills most cricket grounds in England. Um, so you would have... I, I think you will have a significant crowd in. I'm not sure what it will be like in Ahmedabad. Ahmedabad, the grounds outside the city... Um, The attraction of the day-night test, there's the novelty of it, is uh, likely to get uh, crowds in. But I think in India, test cricket is consumed more off television. Uh, Even, I mean, it's it's comparing it, comparing the numbers to IPL or to T20 internationals or even one-day internationals doesn't really work because uh, there's a significant difference. But, you know, just talking to people... uh, looking around you anecdotally, there is a buzz around the series, certainly after what happened in Australia. Uh, There are people who, uh, if nothing, are following the scores. Um, I know that perhaps, uh, not saying very much, but over the course of five days, if if India bat better, or if India's results get better, I think uh, the interest in the series will also pick up significantly. So that
2: was interesting stuff. That was Anand Vasu former journalist for the Hindustan Times. And the next Test match starts on Saturday morning, as Simon Mann mentioned. Of course, it'll be live on Channel 4. I'm hoping to get my intact (laughs) field shield back on the air during that game. And also, just to say, before that, we have Stephen Finn in the Virtual Cricket Club on Thursday night at 7pm. You can join us to hear about how England won in Calcutta in 2012 because he was a key part of that Test match and that series. You can join us by going to worldsbestcricketclub.com and sign up for that. It is, of course, in aid of the Professional Cricketers Trust, the charity that supports cricketers who've fallen on hard times, so it is a really good cause. So hope you can join us for that, and we'll be back also to review the first day's play in the second Test match on Saturday night. I'm so glad your shield has survived intact. Yoza, big call. You got it
1: right. Well done to you. Let's move on to the next test match. Great series in prospect. Goodbye for now.